is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 18th, 2010. Slow Fade, Connecting with Others. Presented by Lori Brown, our pastor of spiritual formation. Lord God, we just pray that we're uh, changed and transformed by it. And we thank you and we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I remember when Dave and I first started to attend Connection, we only came at the invitation of my stepmother, Gail. And you have to understand that for me and my family, church was not even on our radar as something to do. And why would it be for us? I had not attended church regularly since I was six years old. That's a 30-plus year gap in church attendance other than the times that I felt obligated to go with family. Neither was it on my Jewish husband's radar, Dave, who had not attended synagogue since the age of 13 regularly. So we were getting along just fine in life without it, or so we thought. Anyway, my stepmother, she gave this really emphatic invitation for us to come. She was so emphatic that it would have been rude, right, for us not to come at least one time. So we actually felt obligated to come. Actually, I felt obligated to come. And that's what we did. So the rest is history, right? We came, we were touched by God's Spirit, we were moved and inspired by the message, the people, and the music. We came back the next week, and in fact... We haven't missed a week since then, except when we've been out of town on vacation. So within six weeks of coming, I gave my heart to Christ, and within another seven months, my husband did the same. And one of the first noticeable changes that I experienced was this newfound peace. You might have heard me talk about it before. It entered me almost immediately after receiving Jesus into my life. The slight depression and anxiety that I had, it began to move out and peace came in. It was a noticeable difference. And shortly after this, Alan and Carrie gave this message on spiritual gifts. And they said that everyone has at least one gift and that we should use them for the good of the kingdom. Well, if that was true, and I believed it was, I felt like I had these gifts inside me that weren't being used, right? Because they weren't. And I had a desire to start using them. I really wanted to be connected. I wanted to be part of the body. I wanted to start to serve. Honestly, though, at the time, I was really intimidated by most of the serving opportunities that we had available. I was afraid that someone might ask me something related to the Bible, of which I didn't know about. Remember, I was unchurched and hadn't read it. Or you might ask me about God, and I wouldn't know what to say. So I scheduled some time to talk with Carrie so we could talk about these things. And when we met, I told her, I said, I said this prayer, inviting Jesus into my life, that I read out of the Purpose Driven Life book. And then I said to her, so what's next? And she recommended that I get connected into a small group. 
which I did, and I began reading the Bible. I also volunteered to help clean the church. It was actually the only thing at the time that I felt comfortable doing. Now, just so you know, cleaning has never been on my top ten list of things to do. If you come to my house, you'll see that. (laughs) But I believed it was a way that I could help. It was a way that I could both be a part of the body and serve God. And this was my very first serving experience at Connection. And the best thing, the absolute best thing about this serving experience was that I met Connie Davis. Now, I just remember that she was just really nice to me, and we got to know each other a little bit that day, and we even had a couple things in common. That was really cool. The second best thing was feeling like I was connected, that I was part of the body. So another one of my early getting connected experiences was at one of our free car washes. I still felt pretty intimidated to serve, but I remember thinking, I can at least open the door and say hi to people. So washing cars was actually still a little scary for me at the time. Not the washing the cars part, but the being out there with all those other people washing the cars part. Because you have to understand, I am a true introvert at heart. So even though greeting people was out of my comfort zone, I did it anyway. While I was doing that, I overheard someone say that they needed red paper for something that was related to the church. I just happened to have a ream of red paper at home, and I said, you know, I volunteered to go get it. I left my post at the door, and I drove home over 45 minutes to get this this ream of red paper. The point is, is that I just wanted to serve I wanted to be part of the body. I wanted to contribute. I wanted to be connected with others. And if that meant driving home to get this ream of red paper, well, that's what I was going to do. And I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Connecting with others while we're serving God and our neighbor? So then time goes on. And for most of us, including me, After a while, something begins to happen. We don't even notice it. It happens so slowly over time. That zeal that we once had for connecting with others and serving God, it starts to fade. That willingness to do whatever it takes for the body of Christ starts to lessen. Not all at once, but a slow fade starts to creep in. The same slow fade that we've been talking about for the past two weeks. How our hunger for knowing and reading God's word starts to fade. How our desire to tell people about the difference having Jesus in our lives makes starts to fade. And today we're looking at how our desire to connect with others in the body of Christ slowly starts to fade. When our desire to connect with others in the body of Christ starts to fade, our Christ focus 
also starts to fade. We certainly don't recognize it, but it does. Hang in there with me for a few minutes. We become more and more, slowly and gradually, focused on ourselves, on our own world, on our own walk with Christ, and less and less focused on others and the body as a whole. We become more focused on our own desires, aspirations, and ambitions, and less on God's aspirations and ambitions for us together as a body of believers. We may start to become even more focused on what's wrong in the body than on what's right and good. We may begin to isolate from each other. We may start to serve less or sometimes stop completely. We may begin to justify, rationalize, grumble, blame. It starts to look really ugly. We see problems and not solutions. It's a downward spiral. Have you been there? Are you there now? It is not a fun place to be because we actually start to become self-deceived. We become fuller of ourselves slowly and less full of God, and yet we don't even see it. Well, Paul, who's one of the authors of many of the letters that are contained in the New Testament, gives us some words of wisdom and encouragement that we can use to avoid this slow fade. Paul writes to believers in Philippi. In his letter in the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 27, he tells them, the community of believers, just as he would be telling us today, Connection Church, this includes everyone, each of us individually and together as a body. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side together with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Now this is really important, as in our country, from the very beginning of our historical roots and DNA as a nation, we have a very independent and individualized mindset, more so than probably any country in the world. For many of us, this individualized, independent mindset seems normal, and it has a tendency to carry over into our walk with the Lord. Our country as a whole is very self-focused. I think a lot of you would probably agree with that. So much so that we miss the call in the Bible for each of us to be part of and connected with community. We have two polar opposites pulling at us. The secular worldview that pushes individual individual independence and the biblical worldview that draws us towards each other and community. So Paul continues in chapter 2 in verses 1 through 4, and he urges them, the church of Philippi, he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, 
If any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. And you know, the funny thing is that when I read this scripture, I thought, that can't say what it says. I mean, really, I had to like check a couple other translations. Um, One other translation adds also, and I thought, gosh, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interest of the others. Wow, that was a hard one for me. And Paul is telling them to do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Wow, could you imagine if this was one of your team values at your place of employment? That would be pretty cool, huh? Where it's not about getting ahead at the expense of others, either today or in the future. And it's certainly contrary to our individualistic society that we live in. What would happen if you made it your core value, valuing others above yourself, really? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. This is a great mindset to have, and it will help keep us connected with others and the body. And you might be thinking, well, I already do this, and maybe you do. But at first glance, however, This may not be as easy as it first appears, but it's certainly worth striving for. So try it for a week, one week. When you wake up, pray, God, help me value others above myself today. Help me not look to my own interests, but to the interest of others. Watch what happens when we focus on others and not ourselves. We actually have to connect with them to do that. And now, I don't usually consider myself a selfish person. But I prayed this when I was on vacation last week. It was probably not a good week to try it out. I couldn't believe how many times I was and wanted to put my interests above others. I mean, it was my vacation, right? Hello? It's so easy when we're on the same page, but when we're not, this is really tough to do. So Paul continues in, verses, in chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, and he continues to tell the church in Philippi, in your relationships with each, within your relationships with one another, So when we connect with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God 
something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So I want to focus now on verse 7 for a minute, where it says he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. The New Revised Standard Version translates this slightly differently than today's New International Version. It says he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. And my Wesley Bible study has a line in the commentary from a hymn that John Wesley wrote a couple hundred of years ago. John Wesley, by the way, is the founder of Methodism. And he wrote this about Christ. He said that Christ emptied himself of all but love. Wow. This line like, really, really struck me. Emptied himself of all but love. Now, I've heard it before as believers that we are supposed to pour ourselves out to the world as we're connecting with others and serving God. And it struck me that we might want to be a little more aware of what's in our cup. We might want to look at and consider, is it love or is it something else? I think when the slow fade begins, it starts to look like something else. So earlier when I mentioned that I first believed, peace came in and depression and anxiety went out. As a new believer, love was poured into me, which manifested itself as the peace of Christ, and depression and anxiety moved out. Something had to go to make room for the love, of, the love and the peace of God that was coming in. So that's what being transformed is all about, emptying ourselves of all but love. Then I was challenged and suddenly aware, like I've not been before, about what I was pouring out towards others, especially when it was not love. I was suddenly painfully aware of the other things in my cup that I hadn't seen before. So when connecting with others begins to fade for me, one of the first things that I replace love with is self-justification. For example, outreach is one of the ways that I love to connect with others. Well, when the slow fade hit me recently, I began to justify and rationalize why I don't need to do outreach. I'd say things like this to myself. I don't have the time. Y'all know I'm busy. They, check that out, they, notice the key word, they already have enough people signed up. I, I already do enough, right guys? I mean, really, come on. So the love in my cup starts to become diluted 
with self-justification and rationalization. It starts to look a little ugly, a little gray in there. Soon after, selfishness creeps in, and the love becomes displaced and pushed out, not poured out like we're supposed to do, because there's not room for both. When I finally reconnected with Outreach, I participated in the last community cleanup that we did, and I'm telling you, when I was out there picking up trash in other people's neighborhoods and out at the school down there, love just came gushing back into me. I was like so disconnected from that love, that sense of um, others and everything else. It was just amazing. It's so much so that it brings me to tears when I think about it, and it did that day. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that it's worth paying attention to. Well, all these dots began to connect, and the lights came on in my head, and the realization of just how important connecting with others started to become really clear to me. Connecting with others, community, is so foundational to our walk with Christ. We know that right up here, right? Scripture tells us, love God and love others. We have to connect with them to do that. It's not just referring to our small group of family and friends, but do we start to forget that when the slow fade comes in? There's an awesome prayer that was written hundreds of years ago by St. Francis of Assisi. You may have heard it before, and the prayer is a beautiful prayer to keep in mind as we connect with others. It's a prayer that can help us, just as Paul encouraged the believers in Philippi, to not look to their own interests, but to the interests of others. It's a good prayer for us to pray on a regular basis. And the challenge for us, or what I'm going to suggest, is that we try it. Try this prayer for 30 days. You're going to be given a copy of it when you leave, so pick that up. It's also known as the Prayer of St. Francis, and it goes like this. And in fact, let's all say it together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. You know, one of the most important things the most important thing is that we are connected to God. The second most important thing is that we're connected to others. Are you connected to others in the body? How connected are you? Is your Christ focus beginning to fade? If you would like to get connected, there are so many ways to do that. 
If you're not connected to a small group, this is your invitation to come to Segway this Wednesday night. There's two weeks left. And do you know what the number one best thing that participants in the June Segway said? The number one survey answer was connecting with others and meeting new people. Well, maybe you want to connect with others through serving. Well, pick up an iServe brochure out there. List a lot of different serving opportunities. Fill it out and stick it in the box there, and somebody will call, contact you. Maybe you want to get connected to outreach. This is a great time to sign up for the Peach Festival. The point is to get connected. If you need any help with that, or you'd like, and you know, if you want to email us or a phone call or just grab us, whatever it takes, do whatever it takes to get connected. Don't miss the blessing of being connected with God and others. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you so much. Thank you for loving us so much. Your love is so deep. Lord God, you loved us so much and you wanted to connect with us so much that you sent your son Jesus who died on a cross for us. Help us take that love. Help us share it out in the world as we connect with others just the way that you so connected with us. Give us the courage, the the strength, whatever it needs to get connected. Don't let us go another day without experiencing the love that you have for us. We thank you and we praise you and we give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.